What's up, everybody? This is Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. I'm your host, Imran Khan, and joining me today is Mr. 30 Under 30, the one and only Tim Geddes. Tim, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. October 23rd, though. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're just b- blowing through October. Yeah, we're. I thought about it today, or yesterday, and I was like... We're pretty much the beginning of October. I still have like a month until yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So we like, got no. a ton of time. No, not we're, at all. We're a little under a week from. You our have over one week, week left yeah. wearing that jacket. Yes, and then never again. Then never until again. Next year. Unless we like, I was thinking about just like putting a turkey pin on there and just be like, "Oh my god, this is now a, staying festive." Yeah, stay holiday themed. Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily. This is each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Mm-hmm. We run you through all the nerdy video game news that's fit to listen to. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Impossible. To be part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze members are above can get right in, and silver members are above can get the show ad-free. It's worth it. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or listen later by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily on podcast services around the globe. Today's mm-hmm. stories include Fallout 76. You all wrote a bunch of questions about it. Trust me, I saw it. It's getting a subscription service. Yay! Suda and Squarey might be working on a new game or they might be just drunk. Legitimate yay. And Sony is keeping Call of Duty PS4 out of Russia. Mm-hmm. But first, a little housekeeping. We've done it before. You'll hear it again. Extra Life is Saturday, November 2nd. Mm-hmm. 24 hours of games for charity for the kids. You can join us now at kindoffunny.com says Extra Life or watch on the day. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. And today we're brought to you by Third Love and Upstart. But Tim... We'll tell you about that later. Mr. Ads, Mr. Making Money Moves. That's me. Mm-hmm. Gary Wood have told me not to stand still. That's why I'm always moving. Did he really get like, unsolicited advice? He's like, text you, like, don't stand still? The, the Gary Wood slogan is if you're not making moves, okay. you're standing still. I thought he literally just texted you no, last night. Like, Tim, Gary hey. doesn't care about me personally. Okay. <laughs> he just cares about me and my attachment to Greg, like most people in life. Yeah. I mean, you got to care about something, and it makes sense to care about things in proximity to Greg Miller. True. Yeah. I guess it's true. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rober Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We got four stories today. A Baker's Dozen! Imran, hit me off with, uh, with what, what's Fallout up to? What is Bethesda up to? Is it crazy? It, it, is, it is one of those things where like, I saw it, and I was like, it's not April 1st. This would be a weird joke to make today. Yeah, yeah. But then I actually read the blog post, and I was even more confused. So Bethesda put up a blog post today that says, Fallout 76, Private Worlds. And they're talking about their new upcoming update. Not the one that they just delayed the other day. Mm-hmm. A new one where the gist of it is going to be that there's a, they've added a yearly subscription called Fallout First. So I'm going to read from their update of what this is. Fallout First is a premium membership aimed at enhancing the Fallout 76 experience, offering members access to private worlds, unlimited crafting component storage with scrap box, a second fast travel point with survival tent, exclusive cosmetic items, and best value, $16.50 atoms each month. Catch an overview of the current Fallout First membership bonuses below, then click here to become a member today. If you'd like even more details on Fallout First, read our recent article on Fallout.com. If you're not sold on that, (laughs) you can click here to find out more to maybe get sold. We'll see. So the long and short of this is, I'm not going to read through their entire fucking thing because they go into a, a decent bit of detail. 
private world is basically private servers. If you just want to play with your friends and not anyone else, you can do that. The scrap box is you can hoard your crafting components. I am shocked you could not do that before, and this is a subscription service you have to pay money for. The survival tent. Quickly set up a forward operating base during your next adventure in the wilderness for a new survival tent. Once placed, the tent acts as a second free fast travel point in addition to your existing camp. Monthly atoms. As a Fallout first member, you'll receive the best value for an atom bundle to date. With a monthly bonus of 1650 atoms, you can f- use freely in the atomic shop. Exclusive cosmetics. Explore Appalachia in iconic Fallout style with the Ranger armor outfit and show off your new membership status with a set of unique Fallout first player icon C boats, all of which are exclusively available to Fallout first members. Tim, what the fuck are they thinking? Honestly... This is one of those things that I would defend if they hadn't already delayed things last week uh-huh. and if they hadn't already fucked things up as bad as they have over the last year and a half with this game. Yes. The idea of a premium subscription service for a game that is giving you content that is enhancing the game for what the, the users that are actually playing it want. Right. Not a bad concept. This is bad. <laughs> this is the worst way to roll this out, the worst timing to roll it out, because it's essentially saying, hey, that promise we made to kind of like fix the bad things that we did last time, we're going to delay that, uh, but take this thing and you have to pay for it now, and it's not necessarily the thing you want right now. Mm-hmm. That's tone deaf in every direction, and I don't understand where this messaging could be coming from. Like, who are the people thinking that this is a good idea right now? Yeah, like, when you delay that initial expansion, you should have been like, okay, internally we're going to delay this membership thing as well. Because we talked a little bit earlier this week about what publishers really want to do is they want to have a monthly subscription for games as a service. Yeah. And, like, they can't do that because nobody would really pay it outside of MMOs. Bethesda, I guess, thinks differently. And... I understand why they want to do it, because if they're going to give away expansions for free, they want to monetize the game somewhere else. Totally. So it kind of makes sense from that respect. Like, maybe Adam microtransactions aren't doing it for them. If they want to really overhaul this game, it makes sense to do something like this. But that's being completely tone deaf to the way this game has rolled out its entire time. And, and that's the thing is, like, optional content that, again, just makes a better experience for the people that are really fucking in there mm-hmm. can be a great thing. You know when to deliver that? With the great thing that you already promised. Yes. If they were to be like, you know what? It's not delayed. It's actually coming out early. <laughs> and here's this other thing if you want it. Right. Then I don't think people would be at, of course, people. everyone's going to have something to nitpick about everything. But, like, I don't think that this news in particular is that egregious it's just paired with the fact that it's not coming out with the awesome expansion it's coming out instead of right. the expansion and the expansion gets delayed if anthem did this and anthem and fallout were games we were comparing earlier too mm-hmm. if they did this like all of a sudden like yeah we're gonna fix anthem but first we're gonna need your money to do it yeah that would be similarly tone deaf mm-hmm. it would have been I we don't really know what you want, but we don't think we made enough money off this game in the first place, so we're going to try and bill you for a little bit more. That's probably not the actual like logic in the boardroom, mm-hmm. but it's what it comes off like. I'm sure the logic in the boardroom is, look, we fucked this up, but there's still people playing it. Yeah. There's still a fair amount of people playing it. Not what they dreamed of and hoped of, but there's a large group of people playing Fallout 76 that are dedicated, that care. Mm-hmm. They're like, how can we get money from those people? And I, I honestly feel that is the direction that this news 
is going. And mm-hmm. that's a problem because it's not how can we get money from them to make this a better experience? It's just how, how can we just get some money from this to not make it a total failure? If they rolled out like this, like let, we, we talked before that they should have put this game in early access for a year, first mm-hmm. place. If they rolled out, like, yeah, it's going to be early access. When it does launch, we want to have a subscription fee. And we're going to try to make the game better for those people that are really into it by the time that fee rolls out. I think this would be fine. I think that that would be good. I think that that would be a tough pill to swallow for people because they don't like change. Yeah. But I think that that is the right model is create a thing, get the bugs out, figure stuff out, figure out who, who your player base is and what they want to do in a video game. And then be like, hey, this is we're going to double down on those features. And there's costs associated with that. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep this going. We're going to keep it good. We're going to keep listening to your feedback. But there's going to be a subscription service. We're used to subscription services right. now. They just need to be worth it to you. Or optional. Does this game have a season pass? I don't know off the top of my head. Because yeah, like, there's microtransactions and a season pass and a subscription service. Like, yeah, that's the part of the thing. If this game were free, this would be... In- totally different. Okay, it does not have a season okay. pass. So, but yeah, it is a, this is a game that still costs money. Yeah. Like, it's not free to play. You don't download the Bethesda launcher. It's like, hey, you get Fallout 76 for free. Also, because it's free, we're asking you for this sort of thing. And like, the expansions are free, so we're asking you to pay a little bit more extra money if you want to. All right. Let's take a step back here. Mm -hmm. The cost. Yeah. So, did I mention the actual cost? Because it is $100 a year. That is around what Netflix costs. Uh Uh-huh. $100 a year. Or I thought I saw that it was $13 a month. Yeah, you could also pay that much too. $13 a month. (laughs) When you look at Game Pass, right, Mm -hmm. as an analog to this, where does the value lie? Easily in Game Pass. I'm I'm thinking like Game Pass right now has New Vegas and has Outer Worlds. So if you wanted a Fallout experience for that money... You could pay for Game Pass Ultimate. And, and that's the thing is, you know, for the people that want the Fallout experience, sure, New Vegas is an old game. Outer Worlds is not. Yeah. Right? That is a new experience, a new AAA experience that if you have Game Pass, you get. That's nuts. Right. That they are going to be like, you know what? We're going to charge more for this thing that not only have they not proven works, they've proven doesn't work. Right. And proven they don't have the ability to fix it in a timely fashion. Yeah. They haven't done the make good on it yet. Yeah. And like I was looking earlier, and I saw some people found in the very early Fallout notes, there was references to things like this. Mm-hmm. So they've clearly been planning this for some time. And there must have been just some date on the calendar that was immovable. Yeah. That we can't, we have to launch this at this time. Otherwise, from a PR perspective, from a marketing perspective, I can't imagine anyone at Bethesda Game Studios going like, yeah, yeah, people are going to accept this right now. Yeah, totally not. And that's the problem. There's so many cogs in the machine that... You know, it's not like everyone there is like, this is a good idea. We got to do it. I'm sure there's a ton of people like, what are we doing? Like, no, please don't make us do this right now. And then there is something that's like, hey, there's a plan and we have to stick to the plan for X, Y, and Z reasons. We don't know. Right. Whether it's the ominous just uh, shareholders or who the fuck knows what it is. But they decided that now is the time. Even from a financial perspective, I'm sure somebody is going, you know, we're not going to make as much money if we just launch this later. Like, there's going to be fewer signups today than there would be six months from now, or even, like, three months from now. Yeah, I don't know, man. But speaking of, like, value, what do you think of, like, the actual thing they're offering? So, private servers, but 
It's for seven people. For you and your friends. Yeah, or, eight, or up to seven of your friends who join you. So maybe eight people total. You said this earlier, but this these features sound like things that should have just been there yeah. already. And I admittedly am a bit out of that type of game. So I, I don't know if it's standard to have those features in those games. Because um, I wouldn't be surprised if there is costs associated with those types of features. So needing a bit more to be able to give the best and optimum experience for mm-hmm. for that, I can understand, if that's the case. If other games are just like, yeah, no, this is just standard, then, God, this is yet another example of Fallout yeah. 76 just digging a deeper and deeper hole. For me, the monthly add-ups is the thing that's like, okay, they realize this is a bad value, so they're mm-hmm. just going to, like... Let's just add yeah, stuff. We're Let's gonna just gonna say words. pour the virtual currency down your throat, yeah. and, like, that's going to be good enough for you. And, like, I... It's been a while since I've looked at Fallout 76's economy, so I don't know how much it's changed. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong can tell us. But if it's still the same as it was, 1650 atoms is not like a huge amount. Like, it's an outfit. Like, an outfit a month is not great. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I don't know. I'd be paying for that plus all that other stuff is worth $100 a year. Yeah. Like again, you, I mean, that's the you, thing is at what point is it just better to is this better suited as just DLC to just buy a la carte what you want? Yeah. Like if they had said, okay, actually, if you want to pay, that might look worse, but I think it'd be a better value of if you want to just give us $10 for private servers because it does, it costs us money, so we got to pay for it. Like I think that would make that would look better than just this. Yeah. Of like, you can rent them out while we're paying for them, I guess. But the other thing is, why aren't just me and my seven of my friends just playing another game? Like, are we all that into Fallout 76 that we have to play this only? Like, that we're splitting a subscription cost so we can all play together? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there that that's true for. But, I, I, you know, the longer this game has been out, the, the longer this game is out... I feel like the harder it's going to be to get people in to playing it. Oh, wow. I actually did not read the entirety of the Private Worlds thing, and some of this just sucks ass. If, <laughs> Lay it on me, Imran. <laughs> if no Fallout First members remain, all players in the Private World will receive a notification that the world will soon shut down. Private Worlds currently do not support mods and will behave just like Adventure Mode as you know it today. So you can't even go have like a special like thing of like, yeah, we're just going to have the... I don't fucking know, the My Little Pony private world because me and my friends are bronies or whatever. Like, you have to do it the Bethesda way on their private server. That is bullshit. Like, if you're going to rent that out, like, it seems like it's... I don't know. That That is... If you're paying the money for that, I would be immediately... That is a deal breaker. Yeah. Of, oh, well, Tim's account... Tim It'd decided... Be perfectly he perfectly clean. Yeah. There'd be nothing weird in it at all, yeah. I promise you. Tim paid the $100, but we find out Tim's a white nationalist, so he's not in the group anymore. Damn, you took it in a very different direction. <laughs> I, was, I was going nasty. I was going, you know, Sexual. sexy time. But no, you went, you went, wow. Yeah, but if that, like, if that happened, and mm-hmm. you just left, or we kicked you out of the group, or whatever, yeah. then the world just dies, so everything we've done with it is already, it's just done. Well, so we had to pay another die, 100 you know bucks. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... This doesn't sound good. This doesn't sound good for the community that it's made for. And I think yeah. at the end of the day, that's the thing that is the worst because we are navigating through this new world of revenue streams 
as an industry. And I think that bold new ideas are necessary. And I think that new attempts at different styles of subscription services and microtransactions and season passes and battle passes and whatever the fuck you want to call every single different code of paints on the same idea. Right. I feel like we need to experiment and users need to be open to giving feedback and also participating in uh, these things when it's applicable to things that they care about that they see value in, yeah. right? It's the the vote with your wallet in, in both the bad way and the good way. If, you, if you're like, fuck this, this doesn't seem worth it, don't get it. But when you see things that you're like, whoa, there's a lot of value there for, for what they're giving me, mm-hmm. get it, you know? I would love to hear from like hardcore Fallout 76 fans, what do they think of this? Like, yeah. Is this a thing that's like, oh, thank God, we've been asking for this forever? And I'd also be curious to see the actual... Not the actual numbers, but a general sense of the numbers of how many people are like that. that- yeah, if, if you're watching live right now, we usually don't use your wrong for this type of thing. But uh, go to confundy.com slash your wrong if you're somebody out there that's in the Fallout 76 community that is interested in this. And let us know why. Mm-hmm. All right. There's not a whole lot more we can talk about that until we hear more from Fallout fans and Bethesda. So let's quickly move on to Suda51 and Swery65 are working together on an indie horror game called Hotel Barcelona, and I added maybe to the headline, because they might have just been drunk. This is from GameSpot by Richard Wakeling. (laughs) IGN Japan has just hosted a live stream for Travis Monday Nitro, which just appeared to be a way for No More Heroes creator Goichi Suda51 Suda and Deadly Premonition creator Hidetaka Swery Suahiro to announce a collaboration together in the most casual and on-brand way imaginable. The pair of ego, or sorry, eccentric, <laughs> egocentric, <laughs> misread that word completely. The pair of eccentric game developers revealed that they've been meeting since 2018 to discuss working on a game together. They've always, <laughs> they always end up getting too drunk to remember what was said on the live stream. Or remember what was said. So this live stream is a way for them to capture video evidence of their discussion. As an aside, one time at GDC, I just walked into a bar and it was just Suda and Squarey just getting drunk together. Mm-hmm. I had interviewed Suda that. I interviewed Swery that day, so he just like pulls his arm around me, invites me, and like just the three of us talking for like the next three hours while they got super drunk. One time at a GDC, uh, I ended up at a karaoke party, and when I walked in, Suda Fifty One was singing "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen, (laughs) very drunk, and it was glorious. So this this is yeah, good song. (laughs) This is extremely on brand for them. Booze was still involved because the live stream was held in a bar with like twenty people. And frankly, the whole thing was kind of amazing. The game in question is an indie horror game called Hotel Barcelona, which Suda51 came up with half an hour before the stream began because he'd like the game to take you to the Spanish city. I love, I love everything about that. Also, dope-ass name. Yeah, Hotel, Hotel Barcelona. Barcelona for an indie horror game from these guys? I'm fucking in. <laughs> he later backtracked, though, saying Hotel Barcelona could take place in Tokyo, South Africa, or Venezuela. Because why the fuck not? Yeah, why hey, the We came not? up with this name because we want to take you to this place, but you know what? We could probably take you other places, I bet, too. I bet the idea is, oh, we'll have to scout, too. It's like, well, I've been to Spain recently. <laughs> what if but we I, go to... Before? I want to go to South Africa. Oh, shit, dude. What about Venezuela? Yeah, well, they're not high. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> they're high, too. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> they were at least drunk, which is enough to be like, what the fuck? If, why don't we just fucking go there? The amount of, This sounds like me, me and my friend James Burke when we're drunk, and it's like, dude... Do you want to just go to Disneyland like right now? Like, <laughs> let's just go down a plane, man. Let's just do it. Hotel Barcelona could be in Disneyland. Yeah, why the hell not? You could name Hotel Barcelona pretty much any place. 
It's inspired by the 2004 horror game Siren, which is a great game. It had a PS3 remake, which is also great. And Swery also mentioned David Lynch in season three of Twin Peaks as inspirations because they're about suspense, uncertainty, and nervousness. They want the game to be light and easy to play with Nintendo Switch and mobile mentioned as potential platforms. Discussions have apparently taken place with the publisher Devolver Digital 2, which is offering the pair $1 million budget to make the game, although this is news to Devolver, and Devolver tweeted right after that saying, like, this is the first we've heard of this. <laughs> All of this is amazing, because, like, part of me honestly believes that they're just about to will this into existence. Yeah. And Devolver's... That is the first they've heard of it, and they're going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Let's do it. I wish they had said that in the tweet. Just like, it's the first we've heard of it. Boring. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Why the hell not? Obviously, Hotel Barcelona is in the early, early stages of development, considering the live stream essentially a brainstorming session. It might be about a magazine writer visiting a hip new hotel, but the translator made it clear not to take this for the final word on anything. The pair did place an emphasis on timelines, though, now the game would be about the different rooms of the hotel. Each room represents a different person or different dimension <laughs> or a different look at what happens in this period of time. Hey, man, it's Hotel Barcelona because we want to be in Barcelona. But you know what? It might be in Tokyo. And uh, every room, it's a different person. You know or what? A dimension. Or a different dimension. <laughs> Swery also tweeted that H- Hukio Kalio, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, known for his work on Minute, Nuclear Throne, and Celeste, is interested in composing music for Hotel Barcelona. I wonder if he actually is? <laughs> he later tweeted, this is the first I've heard of this. <laughs> the, the game in question is an indie horror game codenamed Hotel Barcelona, which Suda51 came up with. Oh, I'm yeah. repeating some of that. Obviously, Hotel Barcelona... Okay. So, yeah, that was a lot of it. Uh, he, at some point, called the creator of Silent Hill, Toyama, on the phone during the live stream. He was like, hey, do you want to be a part of this? He's like, sure. And that, like, that just got him involved in the project while they were sitting there. See, Wait, so also there was a translator? Yeah, there was a translator there as well. Is, is he getting drunk too, or is she getting drunk? They were both getting drunk, yes. <laughs> this reminds me a lot of Kind of Funny. A lot, a lot, right? <laughs> and, a, and of Greg Miller, where he, we're just in the middle of a podcast, and he's like, you know who, I'm just going to call whoever the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. They don't know. They're not expect. Have you ever got a phone call? From Greg? Like you have. No, it's coming. While we're on shows. I no, he's asked me to text occasionally. Text gotcha. the show, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's right. That is right. But yeah, so uh, he'll just call people, and next thing you know, things happen. Yes. Like the most random things will occur from phone calls, usually drunk, usually inebriated. <laughs> so I understand where this is coming from. But what a fun thing, mm-hmm. you know, with all the dark, nasty, sad, upsetting shit going on in video games. I'm happy that Suda's out there. Yeah, you know. This Making is, the world a better place. I love the idea of an informal live stream event, press conference in a bar with people who are not actually involved, just kind of sitting there drinking as IGN <laughs> films it. And like this is also a No More Heroes thing where Suda wanted to talk about No More Heroes. And he mentioned, like he showed off a new boss, which is, I forget her name, but she was a character in No More Heroes 2, and she's older. And they had uh, the Bayonetta designer redesign her as a boss. Awesome. And Destroy Man is back. Hell so yeah. he is back in several new forms that look like Gurren Lagann. And they sort of mentioned he has a new five-minute trailer. They showed to people at the bar, and everyone in the bar cheered, but we didn't see on stream. So he's like, I don't know when we can show this, but it's really cool. Everyone loves it. So, like, that is fascinating to me that, like, these 20 people who don't care about this game at all saw this trailer. For No More Heroes 3? Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're just there at the bar, just like, hey. I would, hey. That sounds like the best thing. I'm yeah. like, I, I just oh, want to be it. at a bar, and like Todd Howard's like, all right, here's Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. Whatever. Do you love it? Oh, sorry, stream. You're not going to get it. <laughs> but these people seem to really like it. There's people just fucking doing shots and chugging. I love it. That is, it's an amazing thing. I wish Suda and Swery the best. Yeah. That said, how is a game made by Suda51 and Swery65 not called 116? Damn. Damn. There's something there. Big fans of numbers. Yeah, there. it should be Hotel Barcelona Room 116. Holy crap. You know there's going to be brilliant. like That's some brilliant. fun little Easter eggs there. I can't wait to go to the 116 dimension. Yes. You know, or meet Mr. 116. Room slash dimension. I don't know, man. So where he follows me on Twitter, I've tweeted that he should, he should look into it. Yeah. BlizzCon 2019. Tim, we're getting back into it. Woo! I was worried. I was worried we were going to talk about We Blizzard. had no Blizzard stories yesterday. It felt weird. Mm-hmm. I felt sick afterwards. We're back together. Tim Ron doing it the only way we know how, which is a bit chilly in the Blizzard. We're having a cold-ass time right here. BlizzCon 2019, six mystery panels were announced. It's from IGN by the made-up name Joe Joe Scrabbles. Mm -hmm. Blizzard has revealed the schedule for BlizzCon 2019, and it includes six panels with as-yet-announced subjects on its main stage. On Friday, November 1st, the BlizzCon opening ceremony will be followed by four back-to-back panels marked only as coming soon. On Saturday, November 2nd, two more coming soon panels are sandwiched between updates for World of Warcraft and Overwatch. So that's kind of what all we got because it is a like all that's there is that there's panels open with coming soon. Take your best guess. What do you think? Oh, I mean, like we were talking about a couple of days ago, right? Like it's got to be Destiny or sorry, not Destiny, Diablo, uh, Diablo Four. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they already have an Overwatch panel. I mean, they could say like, "What's new in Overwatch 2? as a panel because like the idea are they reporting so far said Overwatch Two is a separate product. That what if they continue balancing Overwatch One for a little while longer? Hmm. Okay. And like, this is what we're doing with Overwatch One, but also here's Overwatch, here's Overwatch Two. Two panel. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I could see that. So then, how many are we missing there? There's a rumor <laughs> going around that I didn't report last time, but Di- that Diablo Two remastered or remade is coming. Ooh, is a way to like make Diablo fans happy. I mean, that would make them happy. Yeah. Maybe not as a Diablo 4 thing, but as a Diablo 3 engine. Like, yeah. What if, yeah. What if we just put all that stuff together? Hey, that'd be, that would be rad. I think people would like that. The thing is, this is exciting news to me. All the Blizzard suck stuff aside, I like when things like this are announced. Announcements of announcements can get kind of trite, and mm-hmm. people can, you know, get upset at them because at some point it's just like, what are you, what are you doing? But we know this convention's happening. We know panels are happening. I like not knowing exactly what panels are happening because to me that means something exciting is happening. Something right. exciting will fill those those holes. And the problem with that is you kind of build it up in your head. So if it's not these things. Yeah. If it's not Overwatch 2, if it's, oh, let's talk about Diablo Immortal some more. Yeah. That is going to fall not only flat, it'll fall through the earth uh, probably <laughs> straight to China. Um, but you got to believe in the hype. And I feel like it's going to be what we've been talking about. And I think that these panels, the announcements are going to be great. The panels themselves and the reactions in the rooms, we'll see. Because I'm still very worried about that. What if, and this is just me throwing this out there. What if one of these panels is, let's talk about Blitzchunk. Let's talk about what happened. No way. No way. What would you think about that from a PR perspective? (sighs) Man. See, that, that's rough because when you're in a bad situation, mm-hmm. over-communication 
can be very bad when it has to be reactionary. Right. I feel like you need to be able to control the message to be clear and concise about what you're saying because every word is going to be twisted and turned Mm -hmm. into every which way of how people want to make those arguments. I feel like in an already kind of tense BlizzCon, Mm -hmm. standing in front of of a room of people that you can't control their reactions is not going to make that go over well. No matter how by the script they read, their face is going to tell a different story. Right. And I think that that is going to be taken the wrong way. I mean, so I used to be a political reporter before I got into the game journalism and all that stuff. There is a thing in politics called the till they drop press conference, where you just hold a press conference and let the press ask every question that's possibly whatever they could do. It doesn't like you. The worry there is you can be misquoted or you'll say something that you didn't intend for that meaning to come out. But the idea is that it gets the the story out there and gets people just drained of talking about it and leaves those questions at the door. Mm-hmm. I could feasibly see once you've already lost control of the message trying to regain it that way. But the problem there is I don't think – I think it's twofold. I don't think that they're at a place that they know – what their stance is Mm -hmm. as a whole. And then I also don't think that when they come down to that decision, that that stance is going to be a stance that they want to do a press conference for. Right. I I think this, they're going to end up siding with China um, as a whole. And I think that them coming out and doing that, that's not going to help any of these problems. It's only going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And, and if they are step one where they're still not really sure then it's almost just lip service where, okay, yeah, we, we know that there's a lot of people at Blizzard that don't believe in this stuff. But right. if they were to come out and say, no, 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 well, that's not what we meant. I don't know about those guys, whatever. It's like, well, then those guys are eventually going to be like, well, what the fuck? Hey, no. Yeah. We did mean this. And then it's going to become a problem. And this goes back to what we were talking about, I think, on Monday. Um, was it Monday? What day is it now? <laughs> it's it's only Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah. How is it only Wednesday? I woke up today and was like, thank God it's Friday. Oh, shit. It feels shit. like a Friday. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, uh, on Monday we were talking about um, how I, – I just totally lost my train of thought. That blew my mind that it's Wednesday <laughs> right now. Um, but we, we were talking about how at BlizzCon itself, mm-hmm. right, they are going to have to figure out where the China stuff fits into all this, where they fit in with all of this. And when it comes to the panels and all of all of that, the, the rooms are going to be against them. So they can't go out there without a clear message. And I just don't think their clear message is going to be what the room wants. <laughs> I think the, the way to shock the room would be like brutally honest about it. And this is probably – this is a thing that every PR person would just go like, no, you cannot do that. But did, if they went out there, JLM Brack was like, hey, the letter was a mistake. Yeah, we're worried about our business in China. We have employees. We have money to make. I'm sorry that it takes this like our operating income requires this much to pay all these people. Like, what are we going to do about it? Like, it sucks, but we have to do what we have to do. If they shock the room with brutal honesty, they might blunt the protest against it. Because, like, at that point, it's yeah, Blizzard's doing wrong, but they're explaining their reasoning for it. And hey, Diablo Four, hey, Overwatch Two, maybe it. I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I think those six panels are going to be what's new in Diablo 4, what's new in Warcraft 3 Remastered, which they have not talked about for like a year. Like, what, what are those things that they're going to, 
like focus yeah. on from a product perspective. But it would be interesting if they just went up there and told them mea culpa, the video game industry is changing. It's not changing in a way that like geopolitical alliances necessarily allow for the best human rights things we can function with. Unfortunately, this is the way it has to work. I yeah. would people would still be mad. People would still protest. Yeah, I mean, but, and, and that's the bigger problem. Is it's like I, I just feel being being honest is is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I just we've seen it so many times before that you can go out there and be as honest as you want, and that's only going to rally the you're lying group. Yeah, you know, to be larger and which larger they were lying. They, they straight up lied in that letter. Yeah. So it, the only way I see to blunt that a little bit is to. At some point, admit, yeah, the letter wasn't a good idea. Yeah. But they they seem to be stuck oh, where man. they are. Call of Duty, modern, speaking of geopolitical fraught, or things, geopolitical issues, Call of Duty Modern Warfare won't be sold on a PlayStation store in Russia. This is from GI Biz from Reb Valentine. Sony has decided not to sell Call of Duty Modern Warfare digitally on its PlayStation store in Russia, though the game will still be available on other platforms in the country. Eurogamer managed to confirm the news after a tweet with Call of Duty Russia's official account announced it earlier today. The statement in English provided to Eurogamer is as follows. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is a fictional game that has been thoughtfully created to entertain fans and tell a compelling narrative. Sony Interactive Entertainment has decided not to sell Modern Warfare on the PlayStation Store in Russia at this time. We look forward to launching Modern Warfare digitally in Russia on 25th, or October 25th on PC via Battle.net and on console via Xbox. In a statement to GamesIndustry.biz, Sony confirmed the decision but provided no other details. Sony Interactive Entertainment has decided not to sell Modern Warfare on... I'm sorry. Not to sell Modern Warfare on a PlayStation store in Russia at this time, the statement reads, We apologize for the inconvenience. Activision's statement, with its mention that the game is fictional, may indicate the reason behind Sony's reluctance. Modern Warfare's story campaign centers around a rebel force battling Russian occupation in the fictional Middle Eastern country of Urzikistan. Preview events have depicted several encounters with Russian soldiers, including one where a soldier murders a young girl's father, and she in turn kills a soldier. So, I think it's interesting that Sony is the one doing this. It's not Activision going like, yeah, we can't, we can't put this thing in Russia. We went way too hard on Russian, like, Russia as a country in this game. We can't do this. They're still doing it on Xbox and on PC. But Sony is the one saying, we don't want to take the risk here. So help me out here. The risk of what? I guess controversy. Like people, Russian news going, I can't believe that there's this anti-Russian game, this pro-American propaganda of Russians being evil or Russians being the villains. Which also a little, I, from what, I, what I've seen in Modern Warfare, the fact that Russians are the villains always kind of like struck me as trying to make it so we don't have to put Americans as the villain in a mo- Middle Eastern war story Mm -hmm. but i think they sony wants to avoid the idea of like the ps4 logo being next to russian controversy on russian news and of course russian government news i miss when video games and geopolitical things like the biggest issue (laughs) was that japan was cooler because they got games early (laughs) you know what i mean when you can order stuff import stuff in the back of a magazine that's it what the hell is hyper battle And and australia like was weird about like uh, M-rated games, like that was kind of it. You're just like, oh, guys, that's yeah. weird. The internet made the world smaller, and then uh, we all became very aware of these things. Totally, but this this is nuts to me because so this that just seems still bizarre because the Xbox is still going to be there. Yeah, right. So it's not like it's going to be that big of an issue that 
it seems like there must be another incentive for Sony somewhere that we're not seeing. Like, is this some Activision China stuff where it's like Sony's doing this because they're homies with some Russian situation? There's, I saw a thing, uh, I think it was Washington Post posted a thing about how Apple tries to avoid criticizing Russia in Apple TV shows because Russia buys so many iPads. I wonder if there's a thing of, hey, we're about to launch the PS5. We don't want that association. We'll be fine with the game sales, like losing out on the game sales if the, our Russia starts buying more PS5s. Because I assume PS4 does pretty well there. That seems backwards to me because iPads are a business tool. Mm -hmm. Playstations are a toy or an investment that people like home entertainment, right? They're kind of trying to blur the lines a little bit. Like you call a a system on the PlayStation 4 Pro, like you're trying to make – Yeah. I don't mean toy in a bad way. No, no, but I mean like – It's not something – iPads are used for work. Playstations aren't used for work unless you work in video games. Right. Right? So – who is it that are buying PlayStations? Gamers, right? Right. Who are you going to piss off by not having the option to buy this game? Gamers. It just it seems a little bit backwards to me where it's not like a company is going to be like, oh, man, we were going to buy a thousand PlayStation 4s, mm-hmm. but we're not going to anymore. Whereas that would be the case with iPads. This could be a situation similar to China. Like, I'm not a Russia expert by any means, but it. Theoretically, what if there's a situation where the Putin government goes, actually, we're not going to allow sale of PlayStation 4s in Russia? Yeah. Like, because of this game, because Sony allowed this game to happen, and they're just the easiest target. And Microsoft doesn't care. Yeah. Microsoft's like, well, whatever. We'll, we'll take the risk. We'll roll the dice yeah. and see what happens. I don't know, man. I think it's interesting they do it so soon ahead of like this game's release. It seems it, a little fast, you know? It seems panic. It's PlayStation. You ain't from Russia, so why are you Russian? <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a Nelly quote. But it, it does seem panicked. Of They don't know, really know what to do. So they're like, oh, God, the week before, we're going to just stop this. Because Activision themselves have been fairly quiet about this campaign. Like, spoilers are out now because the game is leaked. But I've not. they've not said that much about what this campaign is. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if they that's because they fear the reaction to it or they're trying to avoid spoilers. So who knows? It's really weird. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's updates to this because... Something about this just seems really off to me compared right. to other situations like this. That game comes out this Friday. Have you realized that? Whoa, what? Yeah. God. It's October 25th that game comes out. Man. Video but games. October 25th, Tim, is so far it away. It is so far away. Why is Friday so far away? <laughs> if I wanted to know what's coming to the mom and grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Corpse Party 2 Dead Patient is out on PC. Dredgers is out on PC. Norman's Night Inn is out on PC. Dungeon Explorer is out on PC. House of a Thousand Doors, colon, The Palm of Zora Aster is out on PC. Mm-hmm. New dates. I put this one for t- you 
Tim. Yeah, you did. There's five Tetris spirits coming to Smash Brothers on October 25th. Oh my God, it's 10 more minutes of me to play Smash Brothers? Let's <laughs> fucking go, dude. Friday can't come soon enough. I'm going to guess by the fact that there's five spirits, there's one for each Tetronimo. Let's get that L block, baby. Let's get that Z block. Yeah. You know so what like, I mean? Now I'm like super interested of what the battles look like. Like, what is a Z block battle? I'm stoked. I've said this forever, but the one stage that I'm shocked we haven't gotten in Smash Brothers yet is just a Tetris. Yeah. Screen. I've always with the blocks falling. I've always assumed it's easier to license the music and the name Tetris than mechanics of Tetris. Because like I don't. I think it was the GDC panel for Tetris Effect. They're saying, yeah, getting the Tetris license is actually super fucking difficult. Like they have so many rules. So maybe it's just we can't have a Tetris stage, but we can put the music in there. Yeah, because the music is in the game. Yeah, and we can have the, the word Tetris stage. Yeah, which was always weird. Yeah, it's always like it's. This is where we can put Tetris stuff. So I guess this is fine. Out of all games, I'd feel like Nintendo could figure out the Tetris licensing, especially with Tetris 99 Mm -hmm. being a thing that includes both the Tetris theme song and the Tetris game. Yeah. John Cartwright of Game Explain has always been a big proponent of Tetris being a character and a DSO character. I love it, man. There's a DeviantArt image that I've seen go making the rounds like forever Mm -hmm. that is like how a Tetris block would work in Smash. And it's pretty cool where each of the moves turns it into a different block. So it kind of like. Like hits in different ways. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Like if you wanted to make a Tetris move set, like that's the kind of imagine just a a simple down B in the air is gonna just be like a straight fast up. Drop. You turn to the the square, fall down. Yeah, gotta love it. You're up B. You'd be a Z block spinning. Mm-hmm. The winning animation would be all the Tetris blocks getting in line, then disappearing. Hell yeah, man! God. Nintendo, what are you at? I'd be fine with it, yeah. You got the Tetris 99 thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got the this already. Why not go for it? Two Point Hospital has also been delayed to 2024 consoles. It was originally supposed to come out, I believe, this November. Deal of the day, Tom Clancy's The Division 2 is $19.99 on GameStop's Deal of the Day. The so free shipping is included if you're looking for some fun Division time. But we also have some reader mail, and we will get to it in one second. Tim, why don't you tell us who's supporting Kind of Funny Games Daily today? This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Nearly all of the Kind of Honeys are wearing Third Love bras, and you should too. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 80 sizes. That's a lot of sizes, Kevin, uh, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip. Find your fit with Third loves online fit finder order and try on at home there's no more awkward fitting room experiences they just send it to you you in your own home whatever you want to do behind closed doors with the windows open it doesn't matter it's up to you live your life imran <laughs> uh every customer has 60 days to wear it wash it and put it to the test and if you don't love it you can return it and the best part is third love will wash it and donate to a woman in need uh fit stylists are available every day to help via text chat or phone returns and exchanges are free and easy if we're talking comfort and quality third love is who you want to be talking about third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone so right now they're offering you guys 15 percent off your first order go to thirdlove.com slash games now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash games for 15% off today. 
Also, shout out to Upstart. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy. Getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. And this could have really helped Greg Miller when he was in college making really bad decisions, and it could have helped Anakin Skywalker get off of Tatooine easier with his mother. Um, You've probably heard it before, but when Greg moved to SF, he took out a loan, and his interest rate was Garbo. Wow. Upstart. Where were you at? You should have helped Craig Miller out. <laughs> Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you and they understand you. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes. And the best part, once the loan's approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. You can see why Upstart's ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit. That's UP. P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash K-F games. The nanobiologist says, hey, Timron, a tweet went out today saying we will be getting some unsuspecting news from Sony very soon with Jason Trier reporting on recent era that it will be disappointing quickly and will die down. So why do people immediately assume it's the delay? If it was a delay for like The Last of Us 2 or Ghost of Tsushima, then shouldn't we be okay with that to make sure these beautiful games are confirmed to be working perfectly? The worst thing that will happen with TLOU2 is that it will be memed like FF15 was, but with much better reception. If it was a hardware cancellation or ending its run, then most people would probably not be using that product, and Sony was hemorrhaging money on it. Overall, why is this news, and why do people get so worked up over some small, non-inside tease like this when it's just so vague? Thanks, the biologist. This tweet came out from... Uh, Daniel Ahmed today, who is mm-hmm. a Nico Partners analyst. If you, you follow him if you want to see lots of like games in one place and pictures of that because it's funny because he makes all sorts of dad jokes about that. But he said there's going to be some news about a Sony game. The, like It's small news, but it's a thing. Then Jason followed up in a recent era thread saying, hey, I'm still on paternity leave. Congratulations, Jason Schreier, on your, the birth of your daughter, by the way. Papa Schreier. But everyone's kind of assuming that it's a delay of a game. Which, at this point, you'd have to assume, yeah, is Last of Us 2. Because it's the only, the only game, game with a date. With a date. Yes. Um, that's upsetting news for sure, because mm-hmm. I'm sure all of us want the game as soon as possible. I'm with Nanobiologist. I'll wait as long as I have to for that game to come out. We know it's going to be good. I'd rather be it be the best that it can be. Um, this is interesting, though, that they would announce the release date and change it. Sony have been pretty good in the last couple years, like the PS4 generation of... Um, I, I think since Uncharted 4, at least. I mm-hmm. think they learned their lesson up until Uncharted 4, and then we're like, all right, we're not going to announce things until we're, we're pretty sure. Yeah. And um, I'd be a bit surprised if Naughty Dog specifically uh, were to delay Last of Us, but I don't know what else this could be, and especially with Jason coming in and, and saying that. Yeah, just a small thing. It'll be disappointing um, quickly. I assume... Well, for one, game development is an arcane science. Mm-hmm. Nobody fucking knows really how everything else, like works or fits together. And sometimes everything works together until you change one variable, and then the entire house comes falling down. So this could be a thing of like, hey, it turns out that when Ellie stabs this guy, like this specific way, the game just crashes. It might take us an extra couple of weeks before we go gold to fix this. Yeah. 
And like that's reasonable because like maybe no one's ever going to do that. Maybe Naughty Dog f- feels like their reputation is on the line if they produce a broken game mm-hmm. or a game that breaks in a certain way that pisses somebody off. Because like remember when Uncharted Three happened and there was a glitch that you could like during or while aiming you couldn't aim in a circle. It had to, it was done only in ninety degree corners, and that I don't remember this. So I remember it because I checked. I had on Uncharted 2, my headshot percentage was 92%. Wow. Then on Uncharted 3, it was like 72. Oh, my God. Because of that change. And I remember complaining about it, and Naughty Dog was like, we, don't, we can't reproduce this. So if anybody has this problem, come, like, come to Naughty Dog offices and show us. So I could see them wanting to avoid a situation that's as simple as that of this works out, this looks bad for us. And we need t- time to figure it out and like take a little more time to fix it. Did you go to Naughty Dog? I did not go to Naughty oh, Dog. Damn. I honestly don't know if it ever got fixed because I'm a huge Uncharted 3 fan to begin with. But I assume at some point it got patched. But all that said, like there was a time, like Nanobiologist mentions, Final Fantasy 15 had a, an event. No, it didn't. It had an I actual did. event that people flew to LA for no. to announce the release date. There's no proof. And then one month later, they're like, yeah, it's not coming out. At that date, we had to delay it a little bit. And that game was already kind of unfinished when they released it. Yeah. And no one got shit for that. <laughs> Nobody stood on that stage and lied to 7,000 people in a room. Yeah, that mm. game that <laughs> game idiot. could have been delayed another year and been better for it. If Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that the problems with that game would have been fixed. Because to mean, me, okay. not, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole too let's go, long. Let's go down the rabbit hole. The story was the problem. It yes. just was incomplete, and I don't think a year would have fixed that. Like even with the DLC that they added, it it that added stuff, and it kind of like made things better. Mm-hmm. But the core, the journey of the game was the problem, right? right? <laughs> Not the the end part of the story of where things ended up. It just it, the game jumped so quickly, and um, I, I heard it got better over time with patches and like what right. they added some things in. But like I don't think it would. It's possible for it to be enough. To start that game, you start the adventure. There is such a big, like, wait, okay, so it fell. Why did the? How did the kingdom fall so fast? And well, shit. Now we're just go, now we're on a road trip. Right. I watched that fucking movie. I watched the fucking movie too. Yeah. That movie, parts of it should have been just in the game, which they ended up adding. Yes. But even that's not enough. It should have been in the game. I cannot fathom understanding that first act without seeing that movie. Like it is actually straight up impossible. Like there's a part where Gladio is. Mad at Noctis for grieving the the fall of the kingdom. Yeah, and, and like, like well, that doesn't make any sense. And then you find out later, oh, Gladio's father died. Yeah, like he has a perfectly reasonable expectation to be mad at Noctis, but you would not know that unless you watch that fucking movie. God, I, Final Fantasy fifteen, man, it it's so so much wasted potential. Mm-hmm. I loved the gameplay style. I loved the look of it. The polish is fantastic. The characters were fun. The idea of it, I loved. Bros on a road trip for essentially a bachelor party? <laughs> yes, let's go. Where's Versus 13, man? <laughs> Still waiting. It's never going to happen. I know, yeah. I know. That is Versus 13. I know. But yeah, I, I suspect it was Last of Us 2. I suspect the reason people get anxiety about it is because it's a thing they're hyped for and they're excited. So Yeah, totally. Uh, Nanobiology says, overall, why is this news and why do people get so worked up over some small non-inside tease like this when it's just so vague? I mean, it's not really news. Like, mm-hmm. it's not being reported as news 
in many places. Right. Um, and, but it, it's being talked about because Daniel is a very respected insider that when he says something, it tends to be correct. Yeah, and then Schreier so backs it up. So, it, it's yeah. like, this is real. This is happening. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things where when things like this are teased, you're like, is it a good thing or a bad thing? And everyone wants to be a good thing because if it's a good thing, then it turns into hype speculation of like, holy shit, what could this be? And then if it's a bad thing, it's like, oh, fuck, something's getting delayed. Mm-hmm. So like, this kind of goes with the next question, which I'm not going to read the entirety of, but it, Lee Polero saying like the Stadia launch is on a first come, first serve basis to get your devices. Lee doesn't think that's that big a deal because like, well, it's a platform that doesn't really require hardware. So theoretically, you could just use your login or whatever you need to. And his question is, are people making a bigger deal of it than because I simply don't trust Google and streaming, which... Again, this goes back to the same thing of when you have anxiety about something, you start making, like the gaming community in general starts making a bigger deal about it. So be, people have anxiety about Stadia, and I think rightfully mm-hmm. that they don't think this is going to work, and they, the entire rollout has been, honestly, I feel like one of the worst rollouts for a, a platform I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So You know they, who it is going to work for? Greg Me. Because oh. I just got Sonic, baby. Let's go. Nice. Woo! Fiber, baby! I, I theoretically when that happened and I got Sonic, I'm like, I could probably do this. I don't want to for other reasons. Uh-huh. But it is it is a thing that for people like us who live in San Francisco and have like these bandwidth cap free uh video like ISP stuff that we could download all the games we want, never have to worry about any of it and like at gigabit speed, that's great for us. If you live in like I was gonna say Kansas, but Kansas also has Google Fiber. Uh, if you live in <laughs> Podunk, Georgia, mm-hmm. which I fucking did at one point. Wow. I, I had fucking Comcast back then, and I ran up that uh, that bandwidth cap just on my own, just doing normal internet shit. And I imagine that being a huge problem for them. Mm-hmm. People are leaping on this Google Stadia thing of be- being a first come first serve basis because like they're already kind of pissed at the service. They want it to exist in a in a they want it to exist in a better way, I should say. Mm-hmm. And like I've talked about before, I think the model for Stadia sucks ass. I think that if they had done it as a Netflix for games thing, that would have solved so many other issues of people are worried they're not going to own their games, that if Google cuts and runs, like whether they cut or run or not, you don't own the game. So you can't ever like hold on to this platform beyond when they hold on, like when they decide to end it. Mm-hmm. Or if they ever end it, or you'll always have that anxiety there. Uh, question. Mm-hmm. So, what actually is the news here? So, you the is this for people that pre-ordered? It's first come, first serve. Yeah. So, as you bought it and you bought like the Founder's Edition, it has a controller, which is only Wi-Fi for the Chrome's ca- or for the Chromecast. And if you bought like that whole set, like the Chromecast and all that the stuff, Founder's Pack. Thing, yeah, right? like yeah. Those, that is coming to you in the order that you pre-ordered it. Okay. So, whoever pre-ordered it first, let's say. God, I forgot his name off the top of my head. Phil Harrison. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, Greg Miller. Greg Miller probably pre-ordered super fast. Right away. He did, yeah. He is, he is getting his before John Doe who, on recent era. And see, I have... No, I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, if you do it today, you would get it after Oh, Greg gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yes. I have a problem with the messaging of it. Of If you pre-order something, it needs to be clear that you're not getting it on ship date, if that's the case. Right. I think that Apple does a good job with this when you're getting the new phones. You can pre-order, but it'll say pre-order ship date, and then the ship date will slip depending on right. when you do it. That's totally fine. Pre-ordering this thing and now getting news that you might not get it day one, 
I think that's a little shady. It's also the wrong move PR-wise of you are tra- selling a product where you're saying, hey, hardware is done. You don't need hardware anymore. Well, you can just have the things you exist with that you already own, an Xbox controller, whatever. You log into a website and this thing works. If you're saying, by the way, for our most loyal customers, wait a little bit. We have to produce more hardware. How was this? The sirens are on our end. <laughs> How is this not a thing where you need, you are not manufacturing enough hardware for day one for everybody who ordered? Because this is a an existing number that you already know of. Like mm-hmm. we're only doing so many founders and premiere editions, so people should be able to get. Is that is that a number? Yes. They, like a, they ran out at some point and then oh. closed pre-orders for it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh shit. Then yeah, they totally should have had those. Everything time. is launch- everything else is launching <laughs> early next year, which makes me think they're kind of rushing this launch. Yeah, which I understand. Yeah, like, I, I feel like this in many ways is the early access. This is the beta test of this. But they're not communicating as that. They're communicating as you're the ones who are getting to feel the future first. Yeah, which I honestly I'm not against that though. It's like I I think that there's a lot wrong with this, but I I don't think that they're being unclear about. The fact that this is like, yo, you are definitely the guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. You're the guinea pigs of the future. God, that's cool. <laughs> but it is what it is. This mm-hmm. is an untested thing. And this is, you are, people that are becoming founders of this thing are the people that want this future to work. They're not the people that want to root for it to not work and are just naysaying it from day one of just like, there's no way this could possibly work. It's the people that are like, it might not work, but I fucking want it to, right? (laughs) The people that are somewhere like, I want it to work, but we'll see. They're not getting this. They're going to wait and see if it works like they should. Right. (laughs) Don't jump on shit. In that sense, as somebody who is not sold on Stadia, I agree with Lee Polero that like this is people overreacting to bad news because they already are not sold on it. Yeah. I have Chromecast. Mm -hmm. I have multiple Chromecast Ultras in my house already. (gasps) I'm set. Yeah. So if Stadia works, well, cool. At any moment, I can jump on and Well, you wouldn't have the controller, but yeah. I'm fine. I have controllers. You know? So, not, so the Chromecast, Chromecast will only take the Stadia controller, I'm pretty sure. I, I thought it had a USB. Chrome? Does yeah. it? Maybe I'm wrong. I think the Ultra has a USB. Chromecast point. has a micro USB on it that can go out, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. regardless, I feel power? like this is all the rollout plan, power. though, That's of like, I, by next year, mm-hmm. by the end of next year, when I'd be considering this probably, or let's even think whenever Cyberpunk comes out. If I was considering using this, I have a feeling that they're going to have support for other controllers. Right. Uh, some asshole called Game Over Greggy is putting in you're wrong. Just because The Last of Us 2 is the only game with a date announced does not mean that ge- a game with a, without a date can't be delayed. Ghost of Tsushima was announced as a PS4 game. It could be pushed to the PS5 launch considering it'll be close to the PS4 lifecycle, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know who you are, sir. How dare you? Okay, 2038 Pokemon CEO wrote in to say, yesterday, I had the chance to attend Reggie, Reggie Fiesme, former head of Nintendo, uh-huh. head of Nintendo of America, lecture at Cornell University. During his presentation, he talked about Awada being against bundling Wii Sports with the Wii and the dynamic leadership that comes with surrounding yourself with people who disagree with you. Had the Wii not had Wii Sports, would word of mouth be enough to make it a success? For context, it was not bundled in Japan. At the end of the presentation, I had the opportunity to ask Reggie for leadership advice on my quest on becoming the 2038 Pokemon CEO. 
He gave the room advice on how to handle criticism, be it toxic or fair. Do you have any advice for tips on handling criticism, be it from 4chan, Reddit, recent era, etc.? So, first Imran, of all, I feel like you're a great person to, <laughs> to answer the question about criticism on Reddit. So, first of all, let's let's talk a little bit about the Wii Sports thing. No, Wii Sports would not be a success, or we would not be successful without Wii Sports. Absolutely. In the actual talk, which I read a, a summary of, he Reggie makes a point. He was the one who fought for that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we need this in America. If you want this to succeed here, we need to put this game in there. Yep. And it was the so right smart. call. So smart. Yeah. The, like, whatever you think of Wii Sports, the Wii would not be the success it was without that game bundled in. Absolutely. Two, criticism. We have very public jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, even before this one, when I was still working at Game Informer, ha- having a comment section attached to your job is always a very interesting <laughs> thing. Uh, the easiest thing to say is, don't read it. But we're humans. I read all of it. I read a thing today that was like a very nice post on the subreddit that was, hey, Imran, you're doing a good job. And I appreciate the people who wrote in. I appreciate the people who had criticism. They were like, hey, Imran, you need to enunciate more, which I'm trying to do. You know, it's a video producer job. But you, you look at that stuff and it's the people who criticize you aren't the problem. It's the people who dehumanize you that are the problem. And it's hard to like squeegee that away because you are human again and all of that kind of affects you a little bit and i'm not going to say like the way to solve that is by surrounding yourself with positivity or anything like that the way to solve that is to go okay i know what this person's trying to say they didn't do it in the right way i'm going to i'm going to keep living my life the way i need to live my life and not take this personally because like I, I explained before, I was talking to an Uber driver on the way here. It was like, hey, where are you from? I was like, I was born in Tennessee. I lived in Georgia. You don't grow up as a brown kid in the South during 9-11 without getting some names called and being bullied a little bit. So you kind of know, you got to live with the stuff to begin with. But the, how you handle toxicity is going to vary from person to person. I don't begrudge anyone who doesn't handle it the way I do because I don't handle it perfectly either. The main thing for me is I try not to respond to it. Yeah. Like, I, I did that once when I first started the Game Informer. I responded to it. I ended up losing control of the conversation. And I ended up saying things that got me not necessarily in trouble, but there are things that I would have, would not, should not have said that I got too personal with someone else who was criticizing me. They were not arguing in good faith to begin with. But, yeah, if advice or tips for handling the criticism... It's all going to depend on how you personally are able to handle it. My best advice is don't read it. Really? Just try your best not to. Wow. If you can't do that, then try and make it into something that works for you. Something that you could take constructively away from it. It will still suck ass. It still hurts to read things that are about... Like, you. Yeah, that are, that are about you, that criticize you, that insult you, that minimize you, that dehumanize you. Yeah. Whether it's things that you can not change mm-hmm. or things that you can change, it still it, it stings, it hurts. Right. And I, I love how you everything you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. The one thing that I, I, I differ on is that I'm fully in the read every comment and like double down on that. Right. Like try to get to the nut of what they're saying and... Don't take the 
vulgar language around it or the the insults or anything. Try to get to like what are they criticizing here? Like what is actually the right. the and, issue? And there are things people criticize you about that you can't do anything about. Yep. Like if somebody complains about my voice, it's like, well, I can what put on something do? like this. Like that's it's gonna sound stupider if I try to change that. Yeah. So like let's let's agree to compromise on this. I can't change my voice. I can change some other things. Yeah. But I will. The people who do these kinds of jobs, they do it for the fans. That's the fans that love them, the fans that dislike them. We do it because it's a job we like. And I'm like, we do kind of funny, not because it's the best paying job in the world or anything like that, but because there's an audience of people there who really appreciate it. And when you, like you said, when you do try to get to the nut of it, you do end up finding things that, okay, maybe I hadn't considered that criticism before. Yeah. Or, Maybe I like this criticism isn't d- done in good faith. So fuck you a little bit. And I'm going to try and like if your issue with me is my political beliefs, that's not going to go in away anywhere. Yeah. Like that's one of those things I'm not changing. But, like I like you said, like I said too, it's it all depends on the person as well. Mm-hmm. So don't if you're going to be the 2038 Pokemon CEO, you're going to hear a lot of criticism. Listen to what he says. Listen to what Reggie says. You, you've got a life ahead of you that does not necessarily involve everyone tearing you down. Yeah. And even if they do, just, just keep going. Keep that, pushing. Be constructive. Listen to the criticism. Be positive. Being positive doesn't mean not... Like, I feel like so many people get into the bubble of being like, oh, they, they only want to surround themselves with positivity. And right. whatever this is. This is talking about us. This is talking about anybody. Mm. Uh, any different group that is being criticized or whatever. And the people that are giving their criticisms think that they're coming off in a way that it's being critical it's like no a lot of what you're saying is coming off is being read as negative and you need to understand that as well you need to understand how you are coming off and how you are wanting to be accepted and i think the meeting in the middle there is when actual change happens and i hope that over the course of kind of funny's now what five years or whatever that we've been doing anything i hope that you've seen us make changes to adapt to all of the criticism that we've seen, all of the feedback, criticism even sometimes I think is not the right word. Right. Like we see the feedback. We see what people react to, what people like, what people don't like. And if changes aren't being made, that's for a reason. If changes are being made, that's for a reason. It's not like we don't know. Right. I had a very chill stream last night. I was talking with some kind of funny best friends while I was playing Shenmue. And we are just talking like, hey, what do you guys want to see? What do you think kind of funny should like be in the future? Because like, that's the thing we need to start thinking about a bit. Mm-hmm. And like, people gave just constructive feedback. of like, and It's often very conflicting feedback, and that's and, okay, too. And that's okay, but yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it, there's not one path of like, yep, any change we make is going to be taken as this major assault to the other side, major mm-hmm. offense. Like, one thing that I think is very poignant is looking at how kind of funny tends to make changes where every year in January, we kind of have a big reset point. Last year, we had the biggest reset we've ever had, but every year we make tweaks, we make changes, and it's not like an expected thing that we're gonna like throw everything out and start again. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're not doing that the this year, right. but we did last year. We didn't the year before, but the year before that, we kind of did. It's like, and it's not even an every other year thing. It's like, what's right for the content we're making? And I've seen a lot of people on Reddit or on Facebook or or different places saying, um, I wish Kind of Funny would be more open to making changes uh, at times that aren't just the big events for the hype and keeping everything together. And 
I feel like we do that. Just a lot of the stuff you don't see because we just don't make a big deal out of the little changes we make. Or when we do make changes, then that upsets a whole other group of people. Like party mode, we're putting on hiatus right now. Will it come back? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Will it come back as a different form? Probably. Will it exist in some way? 100%. Right. Right? But I, I think that that's a perfect example of us making changes based on feedback we're seeing, based on um, analytics, based on resources, based on happiness levels of us and of people consuming the content. And then it, all, I, all you see is negativity from mm-hmm. it. Not, not all. There's, but there's a lot of negativity. Like, oh, kind of funny, man. Oh, they're falling apart. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like you can't make everyone happy. Yeah. That's the end of the line. But listen to it all. I really believe in listening to all of those comments and trying to get to the nut of what they're actually trying to say and then look at it, address it next to everything else and be like, where do, what do I think? Because at the end of the day, we're the ones making this for the people. It's a symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. trying to make some cool stuff happen. I would like a hat like yours that just says, I'm trying. <laughs> yes. That's a great that is really <laughs> good. Holy shit. We should I, steal that. <laughs> get it on. 100%. Before. Uh, I would recommend reading that, that Reggie, like, the synopsis of what he was talking about. At one point, someone does just straight up ask him about Mother 3. He's like, I'm not a Nintendo anymore. I thought I escaped that. All right. F- squad up, where you can play with kind of funny best friends. I've been saving this one for a couple of days because he wanted to, like, hold it for a little bit closer to October 25th. Steve from Milwaukee. He is playing on a PlayStation 4, and his n- PlayStation 4 ID is Ratchetman1193. I have been knee-deep in studying for the PE exam, professional engineer, for the past two months without any time to play games. The exam is this Friday, October 25th, and after it's done, I'm going to celebrate by picking up a copy of Borderlands 3 and playing it essentially all weekend nonstop, then probably every weeknight for the next few weeks. That catharsis after you're done with something, and you're just like, I'm going to play the fuck out of a video game. So good. I'm looking for anyone to help me fight my way across Pandora and get that sweet, sweet loot. I live in the central time zone, and it will be on most of... Most of this weekend, and then probably between 5 and 10 p.m. on weeknights after that. That's Ratchetman1193, all one word. Now we're going to check in. You're wrong. Were you guys correct us on everything we got wrong during the show? I got it wrong. It was not actually Greg. It was somebody with a name that was very similar to Greg. So he wronged me on that. Fuck Greg, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Chromecast Ultra does have a micro USB port, but it is not used for controllers. It is used for uh, the power. Yeah. Tetris Tune is a free license as long as you create your own version of it and it's not a recording. Okay. What does that mean? It's not recording? Not the original recording. Yeah, as long as you don't use the initial recording of the 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 Tetris Russian music. So yeah, I think they made like an an orchestrated version or a symphonic version for Brawl and they've been using that since then. Uh, Lord of Pwn says, Greg is wrong. Jason Fukutaku said, as far as he knows, Ghost of Tsushima is still a PS4 title. Okay. So, yeah, my bet is Last of Us. Whether you think that's a bet based on insider knowledge or just commentary, who knows? That's up to you. We call him Fake Greg. Yeah, Fake Greg. Not real Greg. Or Cool Greg. There we go. Uncool Greg is the name we're using now. All right. For the rest of the week... Tomorrow, it is me and Fran hosting. Whoa. Friday, it is me and you again, Tim. So are we going with Imfran? I think Imfran is the better one. Imfran. It's too much Fran. You know what I mean? Like, get Fran away from that. (laughs) You think there's too much Fran in Imfran? Yeah. I would argue the other way. I'd... 
I haven't seen like Imran's entire name's in it. Yeah, <laughs> it was just an F. <laughs> I feel like well, it's a, it's pretty equitable. Not an A. No A. His name's not Fran. <laughs> His name's Ron. Fran though. We could Imfran. I think if we went Imfran the third, then it would be too much Fran. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I think Imfran works fine. Yeah, Friday is you and me, Tim. <laughs> Love but you it. are you still do have to pull duty tomorrow because we are recording the games cast with you, me, Fran, and editor in chief of US Gamer, Cat Bailey. It's gonna be exciting. All right. Guys, thank you for coming to the Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, October 23rd, 2019. You saw me furiously scrolling up to remember what day it is. Tim, thank you for hosting with me. Thank you. And we'll see you all tomorrow.